This message comes from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient Faith for Today's World, October 10th, 2021. Ephesians 5, 21 to 6, verse 4. There's a phrase found at the end of Martin Luther's Table of Duties in his small catechism. And it says, Let each his lesson learn with care, and all the household well shall fare. Of course, this isn't just Martin Luther's words of wisdom as he concludes this book of his own. These are words built off of the wisdom of Scripture for Christian families and households. And have you considered your position as a member of God's household and what your role might be as a member in your household? Today we look at the instructions God gives in Ephesians chapter 5. And there we see his direction for husbands, wives, children, and parents. Now these instructions in chapter 5 have always been important, but some might argue they're now more important than ever for Christian households. See, the, the current generation of young people growing up has been labeled Generation Z. It's those who were born 1997 and on. And there was an article written by Forbes just a few years ago which described Generation Z, citing reasons why the Z in Generation Z should stand for zombie. It was pointing out how Generation Z in many ways is disconnected from many of the things that once held together other generations and things that other generations have valued. For example, according to surveys, most in Generation Z don't sit around at a regular dinner table and chat face to face with others. Rather, they eat dinner alone and they look at their, their screens. And you can look at the ratings and you can see what is described for the current generations that's growing up is the least educated, the most self-indulgent, and the most suffering under depression. You could, for example, go to someone in Generation Z and, and find they're very up to terms on who is the latest pop star on music or who's the greatest hit movie star or the latest TikTok craze. But if you ask them something pertaining to history, such as, who are the faces on Mount Rushmore? Many of them will come back with an inaccurate or blank response. And sadly, as you look at Generation Z, which some have tried to nickname zombie, they're disconnected not only from one another, but from reality and from life, as it is the generation that has the highest rate of atheism, the generation that has the highest rate of broken families and divorce, the generation that has the highest rate of people who aren't married and yet cohabitating, the generation with the highest rate of depression, the highest rate of everything you don't want. It looks like a frightening picture for the generation that's currently growing up. Of course, you older generations who are listening, we know we can't just point our finger at the youngest generation and look at all their faults. After all, who was the one who instructed them? Or who is the one who failed to give them an example or pass on instruction to them? That's why it's important for all of us to look at God's word here in Ephesians chapter 5 and what our God says for Christian households.
To begin with, Paul says in the beginning of this section, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting or yielding to the will of another, placing another as the head, goes against all our sinful nature and our inclinations to be selfish. But it is the groundwork for every Christian. Christ is the head over all. Paul describes three times early in the book of Ephesians how Christ, who died for us, is now the living God, and he rules over all his creation and over all his people as the head. And so when a Christian submits, they have this much in their mind. They are submitting to Christ, who is the head over all. The instructions Paul gives here first start with the husband and wife. And he says first to the wives, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he himself is the Savior. Husbands, note this is not talking to you. It does not say, Make your wives submit. This is addressed to the woman. And before someone might say that this is in any way degrading or some inferior role, they need to look at the full picture here. The submission, Paul says, is as to the Lord. Not submitting because the husbands deserve it or submitting because they've earned it in some way, but as to the Lord, submit. Yield and, and make, make them be the, the head rather than yourself. And it says here, submit as the church submits to Christ. The full picture is the beautiful picture of the church yielding and listening to Christ as the head. The church does not submit to Christ because the church has been degraded or because the church has been left as inferior or unequal. The church submits to Christ as treasured, as honored and lifted up by Christ as one with him because of his great love. Wives, is this what you do for your husbands? Sometimes it can be tempting for the wife, instead of yielding or submitting to the husband as the head, to manipulate the husband. That is to get what she wants, not by loving and letting him take the lead, but rather forcing him. Maybe a wife might be tempted to threaten her husband to get what she wants in order that she might secure it for herself instead of yielding. That's not love. That's manipulation. And maybe a wife might try to wrestle control away from her husband and, and take the hands out of his wheel off the hands and maybe herself call the shots. But it, what it will result in is many arguments and division and a Christian household that is no longer one, but faces strife. There's a longer, even higher calling description here for husbands. Husbands, love your wives in the same way as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And it goes on to describe that great love of Christ for his bride, the church. Husbands, the, the picture that God gives for you is to imitate, to reflect the love of God, the love of Christ for his bride, the church. And I can't think of any more beautiful or astounding picture of love than what the scriptures give as Christ loved his church, a sacrificial love as he gave himself up for her. 
Christ did not love the church because he had to or because the church deserved it in any way, but out of his love, he selflessly laid down everything and he took the place of all of us. He took our suffering. He took our punishment and he took our death. That's the sacrificial love of Christ for his bride, the church. That's the love, husbands, which God calls on you to share with your wife. Husbands, is this the kind of love that you have for your wife? What we see is so often a husband will not lift a finger unless he can see some sort of benefit he might gain for himself. Far from sacrifice, it is self-interest and indulgence. And Generation Z is the generation where so many husbands are lost, indeed like zombies, because they are spending their time playing video games instead of spending their time showing love to their wives and putting them first. And Generation Z is the generation which has the greatest amount and highest accessibility of pornography. And so many husbands are lost in sinful, selfish indulgence instead of giving themselves up for their wives. In older generations, how have you lived as an example in love? Has it met the example of the love of Christ for his church? A love which is without condition, seeking nothing in return, and which gives everything. So many marriages have crumbled because wives and husbands have not seen what Paul pictures here. The, the marriage between husband and wife is supposed to reflect the love of Christ in his church. First of all, note that God implies here that a Christian household exists within marriage. There are many who aren't married today, many who have a sexual partnership outside the bonds of marriage. And if you know a Christian who's struggling with this, help them to see that they don't even have the foundation yet for Christian marriage and love. But merely being married doesn't make for a Christian home. Being married involves a whole new heart, reflecting the love between Christ and his church. And so Paul describes it. Husbands have an obligation to love their own wives as their own bodies. And no, that, that's not a selfish thing. That's reflecting the picture of marriage that Jesus gave us in Mark 10. The two, one man and one woman, become one flesh, and they are one. The love that God desires be found in the Christian home is to reflect the love that Christ has given us. We were not part of God's household. We did not deserve to be called children of God, and how could we ever expect him to receive us as his bride, the church? But the love of God is seen in this. In great love, Jesus obeyed the Father's will. In submission, he came. And in perfect love for his bride, Jesus gave himself up on the cross. And Jesus is the living God who now lives as our loving head. And as our loving head, Christ continues to love the church. And God the Father and God the Son are a Lord over the church, which is good. What we continue to see is Paul's instruction now for children. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise. This instruction to obey parents, to put them as the head, 
is given such a high value in the Old Testament that it's considered on par with breaking the first three commandments. If you were to break one of those first three commandments, then you'd be considered an unbeliever. Same thing here. If you persistently and rebelliously go against your parents, the Old Testament Christians, believers, were told that this was as serious as death and deserving of death. A person who did this was physically already dead. Such fear of punishment is not placed on us here. In the New Testament church, we are told a promise that it may go well with you and you may enjoy a long life on the earth. To obey your parents is not simply to do what they say. It is also involving honor. Children, when you listen to your parents, do you do it in such a way that, that gives them honor as those God has given as your parents? Do you submit, yield to your father and mother, children, in a way that gives them respect and honor and not complaint? Well, it says here, in grace, God promises blessing that you may live a long life on the earth, that all the household well may fare. When children turn against their parents, they not only cause great strife in their life, but emotional and mental drama and strife and struggles. But if they follow them, God promises blessing. But the Christian home doesn't simply subside in obedient and children honoring their parents. You know, Paul goes on, parents, what about you? Fathers, and this would also include mothers, when the, especially when the father's absent. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Have you seen fathers, mothers perhaps, parenting this way? They only parent their children, raise them up by yelling at them or, or lashing out at them when the children have annoyed them or done too many evil things. If a children lies too much or is dishonest or doesn't listen, the parent responds by getting louder and yelling and lashing out at them. Parents, that is not disciplining your children. Paul says that is provoking them to anger and resentment. It is parenting as if they are not one of the household, and it is lashing out in anger and selfishness instead of oneness and love. Paul says, instead, bring them up. The word here is nourish them in the training and instruction of the Lord. Feed your children. They have been made one as part of your household. Treat them as one who is loved and nourished. Don't discipline them just because you're angry when they do wrong or yell at them. Discipline them. Hold them accountable. Make them responsible. And nourish them. Not just by feeding them and throwing food and clothing at them, but nourish them in the training and instruction of the Lord. Give them these words from your God, the instruction for what it means to be part of a household. It means to be under Christ, our loving head, who gave himself for us and made us part of his family, who adopted us as children and who takes us as the bride of Christ, his son, our loving Lord, our Father, and Jesus the Son. We have been made part of the household of God, Maybe there are things that you've seen 
in your own marriage, in your own relationship with your children, or your relationship with your parents. And you've seen how you failed. You've seen how the household has not fared well, and you've seen the guilt that it brings on your children and on you and on your spouse. But brothers and sisters, you are part of the household of God, forgiven and made one with your God. The household of God knows what it is to submit and to yield as they follow the Son who yielded to the Father and submitted to his good plan. And the household of God knows what it is to be a loving head as Christ who loved his bride and gave himself up for her. And the household of God knows what it is to obey a loving Father in heaven and to honor him as the head. And the household of God knows what it is to receive discipline. Not discipline given merely in anger and to lash out when things don't go the way you want, but discipline done in love and training and nourishing. The love which the Father has given us, members of his household, Brothers and sisters, you are part of the household of God. These instructions aren't just useful for Generation Z. They are useful for every generation of all time. And yes, it might seem frightening when you look at all the, the things that are facing the current generation growing up and the failures of the previous generations. But far greater is the timeless love of Christ seen for his bride, the church and the love of God for his children. That is the love which you know and which you have as you follow Christ and trust in him. Brothers and sisters, may God bless you as you follow these instructions with great care. And may all their lesson learn with care so that all the household well shall fare the household of God in Christ.